I thought I'm going to start with the letter of Jake, uh, James. But when I was preparing this morning, this verse was pushed towards the, the end of the sermon. But because I realized that to speak about that before, we have to understand other things. Uh, what is a sin? Because somebody already said that when I preach, I always talk about uh, some serious, sad topics. So please forgive me, dear brother, but it's going to be a serious topic again. But first, I wanted to start with a good note. Um, but I want to pray, God, for your help, for your guidance, that you speak through me. Your spirit may guide us that whatever you want to say, I pray that you speak and talk to us. I pray that you use me to tell what you want to tell the church, that I don't give my own understanding and ideas, but your own God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The topic is really wide, as you understood. Uh, we'll try to push it into um, half an hour. I don't know how I managed, but we will see. And a lot of um, topics we can expand. We can we can expand and uh, further research at home and think about it because of the Adams and Eve's decision not to listen to God, we have what we have today. And and we have seen throughout the history, we have seen in our own lives that sometimes we are incapable to defeat sin. We are basically incapable to do it on our own efforts without the sacrifice of Jesus without Jesus sacrifice it's impossible and when we we can try to live a holy life do the right thing be a good person but we come to notice that we just can't we we don't have so much strength we still do mistakes and fail and i grew up in a family where <clears throat> we were traditional regular catholics but i saw this example in my grandmother she was really with big faith and I just remember my mom um, doing the some kind of traditional prayer uh, every once again. And I was really raised as Catholic with traditional faith. But I had this uh, image about God as if he was some sort of big judge that if I sin, if I do mistakes, he will judge me, he will 
condemn me. In a way, I had a right feeling of the judgment that God really is a judge. He does judge people. He will. But I want to also mention two two sides about this. There are people who say that we are free from sin. Basically, sin doesn't exist there anymore because we are under grace. We are under God's mercy. And there's no need to repent anymore because I am. we are kind of dead to sin. And there are other group, other side of this where people who always feel guilt and they walk through life and they beat their chests saying, oh God, forgive me, please forgive me, I, I am so sinful. But we have to understand that we have to understand that this burden, this is we don't have to carry this burden all the time because Jesus took it for upon himself. He carried it on the cross, all this burden of sin, the wage of sin. But I want to say that repentance is still an important part of our lives. And if we open Gospel of Matthew 6, the Bible is still the most popular book in the world, still number one in sales. But somebody did a research, um, a survey, and when you ask people how many young people read the Bible on their own, they said they normally trust in somebody else explaining the Bible for them. Some speaker from the stage, when they preach, when they explain, I want to encourage to show your children an example in the family to read the actual book, the actual paper Bible, because when we are on the phones, even if you have an app, when people see you, they don't know what you're doing. It just looks like you're on your phone. And we know that the phone has so many distractions, notifications, all kind of temptations to check that message, check that news. Do not lose this touch with the real Bible book that our children sees that. They see this example. And I remember I came back from one event, evangelical event, and throughout the days, weeks, my dedication to God, uh, to reading His Word, moved to just quick uh, reads on the way to, to work, on the train. Even though I was carrying my paper Bible, and I noticed that it became like a bit shy for me to read the Bible in public. 
everyone's reading papers on their phones. And I was super aware of myself having a Bible because I was growing apart from God. So let's read that passage. It says, when you're praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do. Or they think that they will be heard because of the many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We have to understand that while we live on earth, we experience temptations, we experience some uh, challenges, and we enter that sin sometimes. We sin consciously, sometimes unconsciously. But we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit every morning. We have to be in God's presence so that God's Spirit can show and reveal, reveal if we sinned, reveal what we, what we did wrong. So He's showing us how how to how where we need to change, where we need to still become more perfect. And today we hear so much of God is good. God loves you. Can you lose your salvation? I believe not. You you cannot lose your salvation. But I believe that we we have to re, we have to repent. We have to. But I want to make this important. This point that. We do not have to concentrate on sin. We don't have to make it the center of attention. But we don't have to completely ignore or not pay attention to sin in our lives. And in Catholicism, they do have this practice of uh, confessing uh, your sins to the priest. If you know what I'm talking about, who also was in this environment of Catholic Church. I know I was pushed by mom, by my grandmother to go and, and, and tell my sins and so in Catholic practice, you have to go and confess your sins to give, be forgive, get forgiveness. And in this way, you can go and have participate in Holy Communion. And I now remember it kind of made me feel better when I, my, when I um, exposed myself, when I confessed my sins. It made me feel lighter, better, and and somebody was asking me, why don't you have something like that in your church, in an evangelical church? You can open Gospel of John, 
2023, Jesus was speaking here when he was already resurrected. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So here, when I was, uh, when I became a believer, I still considered myself to be a Catholic. And when I saw Protestants dancing, singing, uh, I felt, no, this is not the right way. And I was putting all kinds of efforts to prove them that they're doing something wrong, that they're having some mistakes in their service, in their the way they do this, the service. And that was um, in the when I came to rehabilitation center, I had so many questions and I was always trying to prove they're wrong. And I had one verse to prove the Catholic uh, dogmas, but then the that I, there was one man who was uh, like a counselor and he gave me five more verses to show that. But this is the other side. And through that, it really strengthened my faith, my connection with God. And he showed me Matthew 16, 19. I'm just taking this these verses out of context, but I encourage you to read at home the full chapters to see what is the context. Uh, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. But when we really look deeper into these letters, God is not inviting us to be some sort of judges or police where we forgive or not forgive, forgive or don't forgive someone based on how we feel. We see that the Bible is saying that the first biggest sin is rejecting God and not believing in Him, not believing in His in the words you heard and in John Jesus uh, was talking in the context that the disciples will be prosecuted because of his name Jesus is saying if I had not come and spoken to them they would not have sin but now they have no excuse for their sin. So Jesus was speaking about freedom from sin, that he brought the forgiveness, the freedom, but they did not accept, and it will be counted as sin for them because they rejected Jesus. They rejected the Savior, the, the one who died for you, and... 
I want to rejoice that we as Christians have Holy Spirit living in us, guiding us, comforting us, and being constantly near us. So we are not alone, and we are not alone. We are not left in this journey by ourselves. Um, and we know that when the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit touches a person, it convinces them that they have sinned because they didn't believe and um, leads people into repentance, into accepting Jesus and turning around their lives, turning to God. And so many practices in church that we teach, we have some kind of format that we say to people what you need to do in order to be saved. You say, well, you need to speak this prayer, you need to pray this, and you will be saved. And even in this passage from Romans 10, 9, says, if you confess with your lips the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart that he, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, and usually we want to fill churches with people who confess with their lips, confess with their lips, but we so often miss the other part where we have to really believe in our hearts that something happened in the heart, some change, a complete turnover um, when the Holy Spirit really touched and filled the hearts and convinced them of their sin. There has been a change in the heart and if there's really that change, the church will be filled with honest, genuine people who want to believe and follow Jesus. You know, when the first time I became a Christian, I couldn't contain it in myself. I needed to share I needed to. Go, I wanted to go and share the message about Jesus. I was so passionate and fearless to talk to people and just spread the God's love. So, when we fall in love with a person, we kind of become blinded and. We don't see anything. We're just thinking about the person. We're fully in love with the person. We don't care what others think. It's similar to when we fall in love with Jesus. We are young. We are passionate. We go and share. Even if we do mistakes, that's what people are going through. But then we come to church and we are taught how to live how now nowadays 
how much do I care for the person who I walk past in the street or someone who's sitting next to me on the plane for hours flight? How much do we care for people around us? From uh, James 5.16, it says, the four confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can com accomplish much. It says, confess one another your trespasses. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. That a prayer of a, of a righteous person can accomplish much. I personally am kind of sometimes I when I think about my character I could live somewhere in the forest away from civilization um, I, I think I would be able to live alone but God gave me we, we need one another God gave me an amazing family children sometimes we can't do things on our own so we help each other grow we teach each other to love we show each other things and we desire to change and sin is like bondage but it's invisible it's invisible and others can't see it um, we sometimes learn these beautiful Christian phrases like glory to God, praise God, God bless you. But um, you see family, your husband or wife, your children sees how you are at home. They see your character, your choices, your behavior. And we need one another to show it, to bring it to light things that God need, wants to work on. And if you notice, it's some kind of ants flying. It's I'm addressing this joke for brother who said it's a bit sad. But when Raimonda said that, it's not many of us. So I thought, no, I think it's not, not, not that little. Um, and and um, I wanted to say towards the end this uh, idea that you can have the best pastor, the best leader, the best teachers around you and still wander away from God because and we need one another to to support, to share, to pray for one another so that God can really work on our hearts, change us, help us, set us free from these burdens of sin that we're carrying in our lives. And let's pray. Um, I thank you, God, 
that you are inviting us into a relationship with you, that you're inviting us into being in close connection, in your presence, in your mercy, in your love. I pray that you help us to newly experience your touch, your presence, that we stop to be just simple visitors of church, simple that we don't have a real connection, but we just learned good habits, good rituals. But I pray that in every heart, it's a real desire to live every day with God, praise God. And we cannot sometimes comprehend and contain what you have given us, this great love, great forgiveness, great mercy, how great and glorious and majestic you are. And it's all because of your mercy and your love. And without you, we cannot do anything. Without you, we are lost. Without you, we are weak. And we need you. We really need you, God. We cry out for you, that you help us, give us strength, courage. Please enlighten the areas of our lives that we are avoiding, that we are keeping dark there. We don't want to uh, enter these rooms, put light in them. Please, God, guide us, lead us, that we live a holy life in your presence, that you change our hearts. If there's anything that needs to be wor worked on, if we sin, if we lost that fear of you, please, God, reveal us, show us, and change our hearts. We accept your mercy, your forgiveness, your love, and we thank you, Jesus.